Section 12 of the World's Famous Orations, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Hollywood Fatcat. The World's Famous Orations, Volume 2. The First Oration Against Catiline by Cicero. Footnote. Delivered in the Roman Senate in 63 BC. Translated by Charles Duke Young. End of footnote when o catiline do you mean to cease abusing our patience how long is that madness of yours still to mock us when is there to be an end of that unbridled audacity of yours swaggering about as it does now do not the nightly guards placed on the palatine hill do not the watches posted throughout the city does not the alarm of the people and the union of all good men does not the precaution taken of assembling the senate in this most defensible place do not the looks and countenances of this venerable body here present have any effect upon you do you not feel that your plans are detected do you not see that your conspiracy is already arrested and rendered powerless by the knowledge of which every one here possesses of it what is there that you did last night what the night before where is it that you were who was there that you summoned to meet you what design was there which was adopted by you with which you think that any one of us is unacquainted shame on the age and on its principles the senate is aware of these things the consul sees them and yet this man lives lives ay he comes even into the senate he takes a part in the public deliberations he is watching and marking down and checking off for slaughter every individual among us and we gallant men that we are think that we are doing our duty to the republic if we keep out of the way of his frenzied attacks you ought o catiline long ago to have been led to execution by command of the consul that destruction which you have been long plotting against us ought to have already fallen on your own head what did not that most illustrious man publius scipio the pontifex maximus in his capacity of a private citizen put to death tiberius gracchus though but slightly undermining the constitution and shall we who are the consuls tolerate catiline openly desirous to destroy the whole world with fire and slaughter for i pass over older instances such as how caius servilius ahala with his own hand slew spurius milius when plotting a revolution in the state there was there was once such virtue in this republic that brave men would repress mischievous citizens with severer chastisement than the most bitter enemy for we have a resolution of the senate a formidable and authoritative decree against you o catiline the wisdom of the republic is not at fault nor the dignity of this senatorial body we we alone i say it openly we the consuls are wanting in our duty the senate once passed a decree that lucius opimius the consul should take care that the republic suffered no injury not one night elapsed there was put to death on some mere suspicion of disaffection caius gracchus a man whose family had borne the most unblemished reputation for many generations there was slain marcus fulvius a man of consular rank and all his children 
by a like decree of the senate the safety of the republic was entrusted to caius marius and lucius valerius the consuls did not the vengeance of the republic did not the execution overtake lucius saturninus a tribune of the people and caius servilius the praetor without the delay of one single day but we for these twenty days have been allowing the edge of the senate's authority to grow blunt as it were for we are in possession of a similar decree of the senate but we keep it locked up in its parchment buried i may say in the sheath and according to this decree you ought o catiline to be put to death this instant you live and you live not to lay aside but to persist in your audacity i wish o conscript fathers to be merciful i wish not to appear negligent amid such danger to the state but i do now accuse myself of remissness and culpable inactivity a camp is pitched in italy at the entrance of etruria in hostility to the republic the number of the enemy increases every day and yet the general of that camp the leader of those enemies we see within the walls ay and even in the senate planning every day some internal injury to the republic if o catiline i should now order you to be arrested to be put to death i should i suppose have to fear lest all good men should say that i had acted tardily rather than that any one should affirm that i acted cruelly but yet this which ought to have been done long since i have good reason for not doing as yet i will put you to death then when there shall be not one person possible to be found so wicked so abandoned so like yourself as not to allow that it has been rightly done as long as one person exists who can dare to defend you you shall live but you shall live as you do now surrounded by my many and trusty guards so that you shall not be able to stir one finger against the republic many eyes and ears shall still observe and watch you as they have hitherto done though you shall not perceive them for what is there o catiline that you can still expect if night is not able to veil your nefarious meetings in darkness and if private houses cannot conceal the voice of your conspiracy within their walls if everything is seen and displayed change your mind trust me forget the slaughter and conflagration you are meditating you are hemmed in on all sides all your plans are clearer than the day to us let me remind you of them do you recollect that on the twenty-first of october i said in the senate that on a certain day which was to be the twenty-seventh of october c manlius the satellite and servant of your audacity would be in arms was i mistaken catiline not only in so important so atrocious so incredible a fact but what is much more remarkable in the very day i said also in the senate that you had fixed the massacre of the nobles for the twenty eighth of october when many chief men of the senate had left rome not so much for the sake of saving themselves as of checking your designs can you deny that on that very day you were so hemmed in by my guards and my vigilance that you were unable to stir one finger against the republic when you said that you would be content with the flight of the rest and the slaughter of us who remained what 
when you made sure that you would be able to seize Prineste on the first of November by a nocturnal attack, did you not find that that colony was fortified by my order, by my garrison, by my watchfulness and care? You do nothing, you plan nothing, you think of nothing, which I not only do not hear, but which I do not see and know every particular of. Listen while I speak of the night before. You shall now see that I watch far more actively for the safety than you do for the destruction of the Republic. I say that you came the night before, I will say nothing obscurely, into the scythe-dealer street, to the house of Marcus Lecca, that many of your accomplices in the same insanity and wickedness came there, too. Do you dare to deny it? Why are you silent? I will prove it if you do deny it. For I see here in the Senate some men who were there with you. O oh, ye immortal gods, where on earth are we? In what city are we living? What constitution is ours? There are here, here in our body, O oh conscript fathers, in this most holy and dignified assembly of the whole world, men who meditate my death and the death of all of us, and the destruction of this city, and of the whole world. I, the consul, see them. I ask them their opinion about the Republic, and I do not yet attack, even by my words, those who ought to be put to death by the sword. You were then, O Catiline, at Lecca's that night. You divided Italy into sections. You settled where everyone was to go. You fixed whom you were to leave at Rome, whom you were to take with you. You portioned out the divisions of the city for conflagration. You undertook that you yourself would at once leave the city, and said that there was then only this to delay you, that I was still alive. Two Roman knights were found to deliver you from this anxiety, and to promise that very night, before daybreak, to slay me in my bed. All this I knew almost before your meeting had broken up, I strengthened and fortified my house with a stronger guard. I refused admittance, when they came, to those whom you sent in the morning to salute me, and of whom I had foretold to many eminent men that they would come to me at that time. As, then, this is the case, O Catiline, continue as you have begun. Leave the city, at least. The gates are open. Depart. That Manlian camp of yours has been waiting too long for you as its general, and lead forth with you all your friends, or at least as many as you can. Purge the city of your presence. You will deliver me from a great fear when there is a wall between you and me. Among us you can dwell no longer. I will not bear it. I will not permit it. I will not tolerate it. Great thanks are due to the immortal gods, and to this very Jupiter Stator, in whose temple we are, the most ancient protector of this city, that we have already so often escaped so foul, so horrible, and so deadly an enemy to the Republic. But the safety of the Commonwealth must not be too often allowed to be risked on one man. As long as you, O Caroline, plotted against me while I was the consul-elect, I defended myself not with a public guard, but by my own private diligence. 
when in the next consular comitia you wished to slay me when i was actually consul and your competitors also in the campus martius i checked your nefarious attempt by the assistance and resources of my own friends without exciting any disturbance publicly in short as often as you attacked me i by myself opposed you and that too though i saw that my ruin was connected with great disaster to the republic but now you are openly attacking the entire republic you are summoning to destruction and devastation the temples of the immortal gods the houses of the city the lives of all the citizens in short all italy wherefore since i do not yet venture to do that which is the best thing and which belongs to my office and to the discipline of our ancestors i will do that which is more merciful if we regard its rigor and more expedient for the state for if i order you to be put to death the rest of the conspirators will still remain in the republic if as i have long been exhorting you you depart your companions those worthless dregs of the republic will be drawn off from the city too what is the matter catiline do you hesitate to do that when i order you which you are already doing of your own accord the consul orders an enemy to depart from the city do you ask me are you to go into banishment i do not order it but if you consult me i advise it for what is there o catiline that can now afford you any pleasure in this city for there is no one in it except that band of profligate conspirators of yours who does not fear you no one who does not hate you what brand of domestic baseness is not stamped upon your life what disgraceful circumstance is wanting to your infamy in your private affairs from what licentiousness have your eyes from what atrocity have your hands from what iniquity has your whole body ever abstained is there one youth when you have once entangled him in the temptations of your corruption to whom you have not held out a sword for audacious crime or a torch for licentious wickedness what when lately by the death of your former wife you had made your house empty and ready for a new bridal did you not even add another incredible wickedness to this wickedness but i pass that over and willingly allow it to be buried in silence that so horrible a crime may not be seen to have existed in this city and not to have been chastised i pass over the ruin of your fortune which you know is hanging over you against the ides of the very next month i come to those things which relate not to the infamy of your private vices not to your domestic difficulties and baseness but to the welfare of the republic and to the lives and safety of us all can the light of this life o catiline can the breath of this atmosphere be pleasant to you when you know that there is not one man of those here present who is ignorant that you on the last day of the year when lepidus and tullus were consuls stood in the assembly armed that you had prepared your hand for the slaughter of the consuls and chief men of the senate and that no reason or fear of yours hindered your crime and madness but the fortune of the republic and i say no more of these things for they are not unknown to every one how often have you endeavoured to slay me both as consul-elect and as actual consul how many shots of yours so aimed that they seemed impossible to be escaped 
have i avoided by some slight stooping aside and some dodging as it were of my body you attempt nothing you execute nothing you devise nothing that can be kept hid from me at the proper time and yet you do not cease to attempt and to contrive how often already has that dagger of yours been wrested from your hands how often has it slipped through them by some chance and dropped down and yet you cannot any longer do without it and to what sacred mysteries it is consecrated and devoted by you i know not that you think it necessary to plunge it in the body of the consul but now what is that life of yours that you are leading for i will speak to you not so as to seem influenced by the hatred i ought to feel but by pity nothing of which is due to you you came a little while ago into the senate in so numerous an assembly who of so many friends and connections of yours saluted you if this in the memory of man never happened to any one else are you waiting for insults by word of mouth when you are overwhelmed by the most irresistible condemnation of silence is it nothing that at your arrival all those seats were vacated that all the men of consular rank who had often been marked out by you for slaughter the very moment you sat down left that part of the benches bare and vacant with what feelings do you think you ought to bear this on my honour if my slaves feared me as all your fellow-citizens fear you i should think i must leave my house do not you think you should leave the city if i say that i was even undeservedly so suspected and hated by my fellow-citizens i would rather flee from their sight than be gazed at by the hostile eyes of every one and do you who from the consciousness of your wickedness know that the hatred of all men is just and has been long due to you hesitate to avoid the sight and presence of those men whose minds and senses you offend if your parents feared and hated you and if you could by no means pacify them you would i think depart somewhere out of their sight now your country which is the common parent of all of us hates and fears you and has no other opinion of you than that you are meditating parricide in her case and will you neither feel awe of her authority nor deference for her judgment nor fear of her power and she o catiline thus pleads with you and after a manner silently speaks to you there has now for many years been no crime committed but by you no atrocity has taken place without you you alone unpunished and unquestioned have murdered the citizens have harassed and plundered the allies you alone have had power not only to neglect all laws and investigations but to overthrow and break through them your former actions though they ought not to have been borne yet i did bear as well as i could but now that i should be wholly occupied with fear of you alone that at every sound i should dread catiline that no design should seem possible to be entertained against me which does not proceed from your wickedness this is no longer endurable depart then and deliver me from this fear that if it be a just one i may not be destroyed if an imaginary one that at least i may at last cease to fear 
if as i have said your country were thus to address you ought she not to obtain her request even if she were not able to enforce it what shall i say of your having given yourself into custody what of your having said for the sake of avoiding suspicion that you were willing to dwell in the house of marcus lepidus and when you were not received by him you dared even to come to me and begged me to keep you in my house and when you had received answer from me that i could not possibly be safe in the same house with you when i considered myself in great danger as long as we were in the same city you came to quintus metellus the praetor and being rejected by him you passed on to your associate that most excellent man marcus marcellus who would be i suppose you thought most diligent in guarding you most sagacious in suspecting you and most bold in punishing you but how far can we think that man ought to be from bonds and imprisonment who has already judged himself deserving of being given into custody since then this is the case do you hesitate o catiline if you cannot remain here with tranquillity to depart to some distant land and to trust your life saved from just and deserved punishment to flight and solitude make a motion say you to the senate for that is what you demand and if this body votes that you ought to go into banishment you say that you will obey i will not make such a motion it is contrary to my principles and yet i will let you see what these men think of you be gone from the city o catiline deliver the republic from fear depart into banishment if that is the word you are waiting for what now o catiline do you not perceive do you not see the silence of these men they permit it they say nothing why wait you for the authority of their words when you see their wishes in their silence but i had said the same to this excellent young man publius sextus or to that brave man marcus marcellus before this time the senate would deservedly have laid violent hands on me consul though i be in this very temple but as to you catiline while they are quiet they approve while they permit me to speak they vote while they are silent they are loud and eloquent and not they alone whose authority forsooth is dear to you though their lives are unimportant but the roman knights too those most honorable and excellent men and the other virtuous citizens who are now surrounding the senate whose numbers you could see whose desires you could know and whose voices you a few minutes ago could hear i whose very hands and weapons i have for some time been scarcely able to keep off from you but those too i will easily bring to attend you to the gates if you leave these places you have been long desiring to lay waste and yet why am i speaking that anything may change your purpose that you may ever amend your life that you may meditate flight or think of voluntary banishment i wish the gods may give you such a mind though i see if alarmed at my words you bring your mind to go into banishment what a storm of unpopularity hangs over me if not at present while the memory of your wickedness is fresh at all events hereafter but it is worth while to incur that as long as that is but a private misfortune of my own and is unconnected with the dangers of the republic but we cannot expect that you should be concerned at your own vices that you should fear the penalties of the laws 
or that you should yield to the necessities of the republic for you are not o catiline one whom either shame can recall from infamy or fear from danger or reason from madness wherefore as i have said before go forth and if you wish to make me your enemy as you call me unpopular go straight into banishment i shall scarcely be able to endure all that will be said if you do so i shall scarcely be able to support my load of unpopularity if you do go into banishment at the command of the consul but if you wish to serve my credit and reputation go forth with your ill-omened band of profligates betake yourself to manlius rouse up the abandoned citizens separate yourself from the good ones wage war against your country exult in your impious banditti so that you may not seem to have been driven out by me and gone to strangers but to have gone invited into your own friends though why should i invite you by whom i know men have been already sent on to wait in arms for you at the forum aurelium who i know has fixed and agreed with manlius upon a settled day by whom i know that that silver eagle which i trust will be ruinous and fatal to you and to all your friends and to which there was set up in your house a shrine as it were of your crimes has been already sent forward need i fear that you can long do without that which you used to worship when going out to murder and from whose altars you have often transferred your impious hand to the slaughter of citizens you will go at last where your unbridled and mad desire has been long hurrying you and this causes you no grief but an incredible pleasure nature has formed you desire has trained you fortune has preserved you for this insanity not only did you never desire quiet but you never even desired any war but a criminal one you have collected a band of profligates and worthless men abandoned not only by all fortune but even by hope then what happiness will you enjoy with what delight will you exult in what pleasure will you revel when in so numerous a body of friends you neither hear nor see one good man all the toils you have gone through have always pointed to this sort of life your lying on the ground not merely to lie in wait to gratify your unclean desires but even to accomplish crimes your vigilance not only when plotting against the sleep of husbands but also against the goods of your murdered victims have all been preparations for this now you have an opportunity of displaying your splendid endurance of hunger of cold of want of everything by which in a short time you will find yourself worn out all this i effected when i procured your rejection from the consulship that you should be reduced to make attempts on your country as an exile instead of being able to distress it as a consul and that that which had been wickedly undertaken by you should be called piracy rather than war now that i may remove and avert o conscript fathers any in the least reasonable complaint from myself listen i beseech you carefully to what i say and lay it up in your inmost hearts and minds in truth if my country which is far dearer to me than my life if all italy if the whole republic were to address me marcus tullius what are you doing will you permit that man to depart whom you have ascertained to be an enemy whom you see ready to become the general of the war 
whom you know to be expected in the camp of the enemy as their chief the author of all this wickedness the head of the conspiracy the instigator of the slaves and abandoned citizens so that he shall seem not driven out of the city by you but let loose by you against the city will you not order him to be thrown into prison to be hurried off to execution to be put to death with the most prompt severity what hinders you is it the customs of our ancestors but even private men have often in this republic slain mischievous citizens is it the laws which have been passed about the punishment of roman citizens but in this city those who have rebelled against the republic have never had the rights of citizens do you fear odium with posterity are you showing fine gratitude to the roman people which has raised you a man known only by your actions of no ancestral renown through all the degrees of honor at so early an age to the very highest office if from fear of unpopularity or any danger you neglect the safety of your fellow-citizens but if you have a fear of unpopularity is that arising from the imputation of vigor and boldness or that arising from that of inactivity and indecision most to be feared when italy is laid waste by war when cities are attacked and houses in flames do you not think that you will be then consumed by a perfect conflagration of hatred to this holy address of the republic and to the feelings of those men who entertain the same opinion i will make this short answer if o conscript fathers i thought it best that catiline should be punished with death i would not have given the space of one hour to this gladiator to live in if forsooth those excellent men and most illustrious cities not only did not pollute themselves but even glorified themselves by the blood of saturninus and the gracchi and flaccus and many others of old time surely i had no cause to fear lest for slaying this parricidal murderer of the citizens any unpopularity should accrue to me with posterity and if it did threaten me to ever so great a degree yet i have always been of the disposition to think unpopularity earned by virtue and glory not unpopularity though there are some men in this body who either do not see what threatens or dissemble what they do see who have fed the hope of catiline by mild sentiments and have strengthened the rising conspiracy by not believing it influenced by whose authority many and they not wicked but only ignorant if i punished him would say that i had acted cruelly and tyrannically but i know that if he agrees at the camp of manlius to which he is going there will be no one so stupid as not to see that there has been a conspiracy no one so hardened as not to confess it but if this man alone were put to death i know that this disease of the republic would be only checked for a while not eradicated forever but if he banishes himself and takes with him all his friends and collects at one point all the ruined men from every quarter then not only will this full-grown plague of the republic be extinguished and eradicated but also the root and seed of all future evils we have now for a long time o conscript fathers lived among these dangers and machinations of conspiracy but somehow or other the ripeness of all wickedness and of this long-standing madness and audacity has come to a head at the time of my consulship 
but if this man alone is removed from this piratical crew we may appear perhaps for a short time relieved from fear and anxiety but the danger will settle down and lie hid in the veins and bowels of this republic as it often happens that men afflicted with a severe disease when they are tortured with heat and fever if they drink cold water seem at first to be relieved but afterward suffer more and more severely so this disease which is in the republic if relieved by the punishment of this man will only get worse and worse as the rest will still be alive wherefore o conscript fathers let the worthless be gone let them separate themselves from the good let them collect in one place let them as i have often said before be separated from us by a wall let them cease to plot against the consul in his own house to surround the tribunal of the city praetor to besiege the senate house with swords to prepare brands and torches to burn the city let it in short be written on the brow of every citizen what his sentiments are about the republic i promise you this o conscript fathers that there shall be so much diligence in us the consuls so much authority in you so much virtue in the roman knights so much unanimity in all good men that you shall see everything made plain and manifest by the departure of catiline everything checked and punished with these omens o catiline be gone to your impious and nefarious war to the great safety of the republic to your own misfortune and injury and to the destruction of those who have joined themselves to you in every wickedness and atrocity then do you o jupiter who were consecrated by romulus with the same auspices as this city whom we rightly call the stay of this city and empire repel this man and his companions from your altars and from the other temples from the houses and walls of the city from the lives and fortunes of all citizens and overwhelm all enemies of good men the foes of the republic the robbers of italy men bound together by a treaty and infamous alliance of crimes dead and alive with eternal punishments End of section twelve.